0: With the merger of Knoll and Herman Miller, we are, we are on the cusp of the most exciting company in the industry to seize this moment. With that is going to come new opportunities. So our industry is evolving very rapidly. The emergence of this new organization is going to become the most important organization in the industry, in furniture in general, not contract furniture, but just furniture. There are going to be exciting growth opportunities for everyone that's in this industry. I believe that when people understand what this industry is about, we're going to attract new people to it. So the people that are already a part of this industry are ahead of those that will want to come in.
1: That was Dan Chong, and this is the Leadership in 10 Podcast. Dan is the Divisional Vice President of Sales for our Western Division. Hi, Dan. Before we get started, would you tell the audience where you're located, how long you've been with Noel, and about your previous position?
0: Sure, Jennifer. So I am located in the East Bay, just outside of San Francisco. So I live on the Oakland side of the Bay Area. Prior to Knoll, I was the president of HBF and HBF Textiles.
1: Okay. And then how long have you been with us now?
0: Let's see. It's eight months. <laughs>
1: We <laughs> started
0: at Eight such months.
1: an exciting time. Well, today our topic is career development. As we're coming out of the pandemic and in the midst of the merger, people are still interested in developing in their career. So I wanted to ask you some questions about that. First question: What are some of the choices that you've made that you would say have contributed most to your career evolution?
0: Well, most of my uh, most of my career was with one of our competitors which is Steelcase and throughout my career at Steelcase I was tapped to do a lot of different things perhaps in many ways one might consider lateral moves often those choices were presented to me and I would say that I embraced them I started out in sales but it was not a linear path into sales management and leadership it was a Circuitous path, but I embraced all the opportunities that Stillcase presented to me and I learned and grew by each one.
1: Would you say there were some guiding principles or values that you had that were at play throughout that time period?
0: Yes, yeah, so I would say that uh, with every new opportunity that Stillcase presented, I threw myself into it wholeheartedly. I think because of that kind of attitude, it became, you know, very fulfilling because I, I I just made the assumption that you're going to grow from this, so don't prejudge it. Just jump jump into it and give it everything you have, and and it will be an enriching experience if you have that kind of attitude.
1: I mean, obviously you were, you're a high performer and they were seeing that and you were on a certain track. Did you have a time where you had a specific challenge that you faced that helped you grow or that was particularly difficult, but wound up being meaningful?
0: Absolutely. So one of the roles that they had me embrace was outside of Steelcase. They asked me to, to start up a Steelcase dealership in Southern California. So it was going to be a startup dealership. It was going to be a minority-owned dealership. And it was really modeled after a strategy that I developed to help Steelcase embrace the design community. I did it. I found out that in the end, I didn't really want to own a dealership. Even though I knew I'm not probably the best fit for that, I have a really deep appreciation for our dealers.
1: How did you figure out you're not a good fit.
0: So it was after several times and it just always seems this way. Uh, You get an RFP, it's like a Thursday or Friday, it's due Monday. And I was, uh, you know, for the umpteenth time was up with my team doing a specification on a floor plan. And I had a highlighter in my hand and I was counting the electrical systems on every panel. And I realized, I said, you know what, you may be doing this for the rest of your, of your life. You have to be okay with this. This has to be the most important thing to you. Otherwise, you're doing a disservice to the people that work for you. And I said, you know what? I went from setting a strategic vision for Steelcase with the design community, and I really was gratified in creating a long-term vision for Steelcase in various roles and seeing that materialize. And I said, you know, that's what I really love doing is setting a, a vision and a strategy and watching it unfold. I said, you're not a good leader if you're not as passionate about what you're doing and you may do this for the rest of your life. And I said, I'm not. I really like setting strategy.
1: Well, so I'm just thinking, what what's some advice that you might give to people out there who they want to grow, they want to develop, but they don't see their next step. It's not obvious to them.
0: So Jen, I think that this is perhaps the most exciting time in our industry, in the furniture industry overall. We're seeing this convergence of residential and contract. The fact that people understand they can and should work anywhere gives new opportunities for us that really understand what it means to work in an office, in a home, in a cafe and those principles are going to become more important. The other part is I do think people that are in the industry have opportunities to enrich their careers in an industry that I've always found fascinating because it's one of the rare industries that combines art and business. Yeah. And certainly we do that at Knoll, right? We celebrate the 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 power of great design. Mm-hmm. And the way it can influence and inspire the people that use our products. We have an opportunity to broadcast that message in a way we've never done before. And I think the people that hear this message should embrace that there are going to be wonderful and amazing new opportunities to learn and grow. And we are going to be a part of that.
1: Is there anything just practically speaking, that you would tell people to do so they have some control rather than just feeling like I have to wait for somebody else to make a move?
0: I would say absolutely don't wait, Jen, to your question. As these new opportunities arise, it's people understanding what are the opportunities and where can I contribute in a larger way. Those individuals that raise their hand and say, let me try to figure this out. It's thinking about what does this convergence mean and what are the new opportunities? And there are a lot of them. So I think individuals thinking back and say, what does this mean for me and what I do today versus what I could do tomorrow? And let me raise my hand or more. Let me try to pioneer some ideas that I think may gain some traction.
1: Is there a mindset or an attitude that you see in people who tend to thrive in their careers?
0: Uh, Yeah, I would say that it's people that bring passion and a sense of excellence into everything that they do. That everything they do, they're fully committed to, they're passionate about taking it to the highest level they certainly can, that have a sense of confidence in what they do and embrace every opportunity with, with a commitment toward excellence. Yeah, I'd also say that it is not about trying to necessarily use that as a stepping stone, but seem to be fully in the moment and fully in what they're doing and making the most out of it. I think those individuals get recognized because they're not really asking or saying, hey, I want to be promoted or next step. Mm -hmm. They're fully in the mode of doing what they're doing and doing it exceptionally well. I think those individuals stand out.
1: Now, one minor question, because that that all sounds really good to me. How does mistakes or failure fit into that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So certainly we all know you can't be afraid to fail. You know, I think enlightened leaders understand they made a lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I've made Mistakes, right. Jen. Yeah. And I certainly do not expect people that work for me or with me to not make mistakes. Right. I expect them to learn from them. I also will be open with them. I'm going to make mistakes, you know, as a leader in a new role or any role. Sure. I'm going to make mistakes. And it's okay that you call me out on them. Um, <laughs> but I think when you create that kind of dynamic, you know, it's that word of servant leadership. Yeah. Um, it's a very different dynamic where people are willing to take risks knowing that their quote unquote boss is okay with taking calculated risks. And okay at, at times we stumble because we all do.
1: Last word of encouragement, anything you would add?
0: Yeah, the the one thing I would add is remember your career is something you build over a lifetime. It's not this particular moment in time. But it's looking at your career and the experiences you undertake that that will enrich it. And it's the number of people you meet. It's the number of experiences you have. It's the number of interactions you have. I think the focus is on making every experience as rich and rewarding and high quality as you can. So when you look at your career, looking both back and forward, it's a portfolio of experiences and a portfolio of people that quality people that have enriched your lives and you've enriched theirs that will make it fulfilling.
1: All right. That's a good word. Thank you so much, Dan, for speaking with me today and for just giving us your thoughts on career. I really appreciate it.
0: You're very welcome, Jen. Thanks for inviting me to this.
1: All right. See you next time on Leadership in 10.